what's up guys? Welcome to episode 113 of Geekscape. I'm Jonathan Lennon and I'm joined this week by Chris Tallman. Right. He's a comedian, former Olympian, and uh <laughs> Until I was smoking from that bong. They caught you. Uh, a, I mean the photo I saw. It was the photo a party. Why would they do that? Um it was a celebration party for your mm -hmm. for your medals, your mm -hmm. multiple medals. Mm -hmm. Um Chris is a comedian. Uh, it'll be a welcome change for the audience to have someone <laughs> funny on the show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. And uh, this is Geekscape, your weekly talk show about movies, video games, and comics. Uh, we talk about the latest news and reviews, and I'm joined every week by a, a revolving door of geek specialists. All right. We've been through your house. Yes. We've seen your geek cave, which is now turning into a baby cave. I know, it's changing. Yeah. But this guy has more DC Direct and Marvel Universe action figures than anyone I've ever met. And there's some Muppets. No, there's some there's some Muppets. good Muppet stuff in there. They, they, they stopped making them. Went out of business. Wow. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then uh, behind us, you see all sorts of stuff. You guys can feel free to... Uh, to uh, start picking out some of the greatest hits. The trade paperbacks are though, they're behind the couch, so you can't see, can't those. see those. But I endorse you in your Rob Schraub original artwork. Oh, thank you very much. You know, Rob yeah. Schraub's the guy who created uh, Scud the Disposable Assassin, which is a pretty cool indie book. And I thought that was gonna be a cartoon or something. They've been doing different stuff. Uh, he actually, I think you can find it maybe on YouTube. Uh, MTV did sort of like a little like demo of what they wanted to look like, mm -hmm. and it was, it looked like uh, line animation, but it had that sort of 3D rendering. So oh, that's it, cool. So, oh, it looks really cool. So there's a couple tests I think in, you can find on in, YouTube. And it never happened. No, it's just never gone the way he wants it to. He's working really hard on Sarah Silverman mm -hmm. uh, program right you, now. You think <laughs> if, if they were, you know, The Hills, if it was more like The Hills, do you think maybe it would have been successful? I think what... The Kills, perhaps, with an assassin? Yeah, it, he was a robot assassin, and what it really needed was, like, uh, booby girls in, like, you know, little outfits, and then people calling each other... I don't like... I don't know, like, you know, like... I can't watch that show too much, because it makes me shame for the human race. No, but they're so popular. <laughs> what Ooh. do you think that is? I mean, as, as a comedian and an actor, as someone who, who is in this profession, mm -hmm. right, where popularity is almost pretty much the game and getting your name out there, yeah. it must frustrate you to be a hardworking American and to see somebody <laughs> enter your job force, these, your workforce, without any work. These foreign reality <laughs> shows coming into our markets, taking <laughs> away our blue-collar shows. Does it frustrate you? How long, how long have you been acting? Uh, a long time. I started when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I started doing like improv and stuff. It's. I think what's happening, especially now with reality, what you're seeing is it's because it's exciting. You mm -hmm. see, you're watching people say like, "Oh, you, can you swear on this show?" Mm -hmm. You can say absolutely. It, it's the oh, internet. Yeah. All right. We, we can actually have. Well, I was. I was just gonna say, bitch. I'm gonna, okay. I'll, I'll save yeah, up no, the good no. ones later sure. on. We'll talk about assholes later. Baby's <clears> obviously <throat> not in the house. No, she's gone. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, they say you're a bitch, and like when it's on Frasier, mm -hmm. remember that episode when Frasier called Miles a bitch? It was great. Uh, you know, when they call them, uh, like on TV shows, they call each other bitch. Not, you don't care. But right. when, like, if you and I actually started getting into a fight, it's kind of, you're, there's it's that, interesting. well, it's voyeurism. Well, that's it's, why people watch this show a lot, I think. Why is that? Well, it's just to hear you and me go at it. Well, we go at it, but we also talk about, um, we also talk about our, our personal lives quite a bit. We talk about the fact. Yeah, have you found a new job, Gilmore? Like, nope. like, like, like Gilmore got laid off. Oh, what were you doing? Uh, I was doing some product placement at this place he that was, went under. He, he was working on. The, he was working on Geekscape at another job. Were you a professional loud talker? I was actually. I, this is so they can actually hear me. I understand. <laughs> this is fun being in the room with you. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but Gilmore, what are the prospects? A few people have said that. Um, I got some prospects from. I uh, remember Jason Nellis over at uh, Hulu. Yeah, he was a guest. Yeah, uh, he hooked me up. Went into an interview uh, a few like a week and a half ago. So mm. hopefully that pans out. And if it doesn't, uh, there's your answer. There's your answer. <laughs> that might be part of the problem. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking for something right now. I'm not really. You know, this is a work environment. We really need. We use our inside voice. I downloaded the Buffy episodes. <laughs> well, well, how was that kid? I didn't like him. He kept shouting at me and making fart noises. It's like, I think he was raised by chips. I, I think a lot of members of our audience would have paid to have been flies on the wall in that interview. Uh, so, Gilmore, give us your qualifications. I mean, what do you think I'd be good at? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have really good people skills. They call me a good communicator. <laughs> oh my god, I had so much chili before I came. Did you guys smell that? 
<laughs> At first, I didn't know that was a burp. I thought that was making <laughs> a, a sound. <laughs> What's up? It's right. sound like a dog, like a dolphin. I'm a big fan of those police academy movies. <laughs> Don't insult the way I communicate. Uh, so Gilmore is obviously <laughs> back after uh, last week's uh, reprieve, as I'd like to put it. <laughs> um, I was with the lady. He, he was with the lady, aka our beloved Ben Dunn's sister. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, but I, th- I think the geeks gay audience is getting cool with that—the fact that you're dating a, one of our own sisters. Like, uh, like it's not that big of a deal anymore. Le- and fantastic. Leah's a cool girl. She's the best. How long have you been going out for? Uh, since uh, let's see, I don't know what we're calling it officially. I think it's like three months now at this point. Officially, what's the Something unofficial? Like so the oh shit. Yeah. Three, three months is what Ben knows. Oh snap! <laughs> and then before uh, whatever was before that is oh, you know they're not counting that. Right. That's not, oh no, that was just sex. That was, that was just, just feeling stuff out. That was just raw, passionate sex. But well, the official ben was in the room. The, the official title is true. the official yeah. word is three months because mm-hmm. that's what the, I mean it's whatever Ben you know has been told and we respect uh, Ben so. He's yeah, a great guy. I like him. He's, he's you know Ben Dunn? He's not going to watch this. He's not going to watch this. So, so, Chris, you know a couple of the Geekscape uh, sure. ex-guests. You know Steve Berg. He's I on, do. He's on a performing team. Who else is on the performing team in Improv Olympic? Uh, with Steve Berg. Uh, you guys remember Steve Berg from uh, the Joss Whedon series? Yeah, from uh, Dr. Dr. Horrible. Dr. Horrible. Yeah, Steve. Steve. Steve, I can't do a Steve. Everybody has a Steve Berg impression but me. I don't, I, I, but Steve I love that, that episode. He always talks about food. That's our joke that we have. <laughs> whenever, we, whenever he starts a scene, he always starts up like, "Man, I'm full of French fries." He always starts with. That's food. how he starts the scene. <laughs> it's always a food reference, and we always look at each other, and start giggling. That's his crutch. That's his. That's his zero place. That's his zeroing out. I guess. Go back to the food. But it's that's never. So but it's like if the audience doesn't get it, and it's like one of those things. Like I don't get to understand. Like he just talked about orange juice, and they're all cackling like bastards. <laughs> What's Does so it funny? help when uh, do you ha- do you have that place that you go to to, to recenter yourself? Like if you kind of lose a character, you reground yourself. As far as like improvising and stuff, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think particularly like for a lot of the more recent, like I've done a bunch of like Renos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like for those, uh, the direction they gave me, which was super helpful, was uh, imagine you just did a giant line of cocaine <laughs> and then we all walked into the room. And I haven't done cocaine before, so but you're but I'm using your imagination. Yeah, but I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that would mean like I'm crazy. I'm like you basically, like, hi everybody, what's going on? Uh, I'm Gilmore. I live in Jonathan's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> really? I come out every weekend. Do you bring him? Get in? some almonds down here, quick. <laughs> what, almonds? Almonds. <laughs> There's a Texan on the couch. Oh. I said almonds. Where Sorry. from? Where in Texas? In Austin. Oh, really? I have uh, family in Lubbock and Dallas, Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Dallas saw in supply. My well, uncle. Well, apologize to them for me for living in <laughs> What did you do? Dallas. Da- da- I don't know. Dallas. These are drywall anchors. This <laughs> <laughs> <is> bullshit. <laughs> what, what did you do? I've been to Lubbock. I've been to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm glad I'm from Austin, though. Oh snap! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow, Lubbock, are you gonna take that? Austin Pride. Um, Lubbock. The, the reason I ask about your uh, your zeroing out your your safe places is uh, I remember when I first moved out here, we I was a a PA on a, a link in like post on a Tom Selleck movie. Oh, cool! And Tom Selleck has his safe place where. In a scene, he'll always play with his mustache. Oh, really? It's that, like that's his so, so, one? The, so the assistant editor had his ha, had to go through this movie and trim down all of Tom Selleck's mustache play because it's like when, when he's supposed to be thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just play with his mustache. Right. And after the third scene of this, it doesn't do anything for the narrative to have the guy still playing with his mustache. Are these one of the ones where he's the sheriff Jesse? It was like a TV. Yeah, like movie. he's got like a series of them where he's sort of I like think so. he's got a baseball cap and it's sort of like Magnum, but it's like dark Magnum. But but, but actors have that. Right? Sure. Like they have sure. a place where you know when you lose a little, get a little yeah, loose. Yeah, I think. Oh well, I, I for me I actually like it when it gets loose and it gets weird because I think that's when this interesting stuff uh-huh. happens. Yeah, but sure, all kinds of people do. Like, I think the weirdest thing to do is to see yourself on camera and realize that you keep like doing that or something. Do you ever get used to seeing yourself on camera? You've been acting since you were a teenager. You don't like it? Is it like a big phone message for you or what? Uh, I don't. I'm not. 
I'm, I'm still not comfortable with it. I'm, I can't, I know what happens now, but it's just weird. You know what I mean? Like you've done 113 of these. Do you feel comfortable? I just put in like credits and uh, a little bit of a trailer. I do minimal work on because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stand. I can't. I can't stand. It's like it literally is like a giant phone message I'm sitting through of myself. You oh, know? I know. When you have to re-record the phone messages. Oh yeah. So yeah. And you're like, oh dude, I sound like an asshole. I sound yeah. like an asshole. Well, that's I think isn't that it's such a human thing? Like you're like, no man, this outgoing message has to be perfect i think what Gilmore it, would actually kill me to, to host this show he, he wants to be in front of camera so bad oh really really yeah, I'm good. you look you can be on camera you're not camera Gil, no, actually dressed up we, we have gilmore gilmore is great on camera we send him out to uh later in the week i'm going to put up an episode of uh like a geek skate pod which is what we call our little extras Ge mm. gilmore went out to uh the set of uh the deadliest warrior Oh, Which is like a new show on, on what? It's going to be a new Spike TV show, The new Deadliest Spike TV Warrior. Show? It and essentially they... puts um, uh, people who lived in different time periods against each other and uses science to figure out who would win in a fight. It's like an Aztec warrior versus a samurai. Yeah, and this one something. they have uh, Shaka Zulu versus William Wallace. And I go around the the sort of uh, Mythbusters-esque uh, workshop that they have there and I uh, interview the buff guys that know exactly what they're talking about. Wait, are there actual people who act out the fight? Yeah, I uh -huh. think so. See, that's well, that's what I want to see. And you see their stats or something? Well, no, uh, you have, uh, they basically run all these tests. Like, for example, they'll run, uh, they'll have an expert of, uh, you know, Shaka one person's Zulu Shaka Zulu's weapon. Um, they'll uh, put it through stuff that has the same density as a human head or something like that and see how... Um, Where do you go to school for that? How effective that would be. I don't know, but these guys are fucking hardcore. And he's like a javelin thrower or something? Yeah, and well, and they're, they're no, they're experts on... Uh, they're martial arts experts, okay. apparently. And eventually, like in Rocky, they use uh, science in some way, shape, or form to make a CGI fight to see who would win, and that's how you figure. That's how you find out who would win. At the end. Only, only the Russians in Rocky had that technology. <laughs> you about Rocky Three? It's always the Russians. <laughs> yeah, well, I I Rocky say, Four. Well, when you see Dolph Lundgren working out, and you see the meters going. I was gonna say, like when in Rocky do they have CG? It's like yeah. isn't that like seventy? The new Rocky. The new Rocky. Oh, oh the new one. I, I think everybody only saw that once. Yeah. No, Rocky. Bob, yeah, Bob, I, I wasn't into that. But Gilmore, you know, I only sent you on this set visit to try and get you killed, right? <laughs> like you know that. Wow! They were like, "Hey, press release, the deadliest warrior, come to set and see deadly stunts." And, and I was like, "I ain't going to that shit." That's how. I mean, <laughs> you know, Tim is admissible yeah, evidence. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to send Gilmore to do a little Bruce Lee. I didn't kill him. Shaka Zulu killed him. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, like second, uh, you kind of sent. Him I was with like, I'm, "I'm sending you a human piñata. Have fun." <laughs> Get him. <laughs> Get him. So what happened? Who went? Can, can you tell us? Uh, we don't know yet. They didn't know yet either. Oh, they were still shooting it. They were still shooting. So they stopped their they were science. They're still figuring it out. Really? That's coming out. That is coming up. Right. Uh, later this. If you're an audio listener, you definitely want to go to iTunes and download that specific episode to see if Gilmore uh, at least gets injured. I tried. I tried. Do you get Do you get to go into the ring against one of them? Do you take on the winner? Uh, yeah. Yeah, ooh, see? So you should definitely download that. We should that. do our own Deadliest Warrior. It's just me, warrior. like, a, just me jumping around walls like a spider We should monkey. do our own. It should be, like, you versus Ben, what or you guy? versus VJ. Mm -hmm. Well, me versus Ben would be, like, uh, like, some, like For something the hand? small. Yeah, like a monkey versus yeah. a kingpin. Yeah, well, you just grab... I think the kingpin would win. I don't know, man. Don't know if, if, if he jumps up and, like, wraps his body around his face and smothers him, mm -hmm. you know, like... A monkey, though? <laughs> 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 I think the kingpin would like the kingpin yeah, he'd rip that monkey in half. Are you kidding me? Wilson Fisk? <laughs> so uh so Chris, uh where so you said Reno nine one one, where where might our audience have seen you? Uh Reno nine one one. I was on Were you in the movie? I was in the movie. What I was the I was the alligator guy in the movie. You. Yeah, that was, was that me. dangerous? The Deadliest Warrior was that dangerous? Improving with an alligator. It well, I didn't think it was dangerous. This is what happened. You get. To, I knew ahead of time that I'm going to do this thing in the, with an alligator, and I walk up, and I know I'm in trouble because the first thing that happens is the stunt coordinator, who's a very nice guy. Uh -huh. This is what happens. You're me, and you okay. you show up on the set. You're ready to work. The alligator is totally safe. <laughs> So you know, as soon as that happened, my brain goes, "What the fuck just happened?" He's so urgent. Yeah, I was like, "Did somebody just lose an arm? Like, what just happened for?" No matter what you hear, this motherfucker. Nobody say anything. Nobody talks to him. I talk to him. Hey, 
Alligators totally Did safe. Did he say that to you? <laughs> Don't look the alligator in the eyes. It was it was a pneumatic one. It was it, okay. it was like a like a ride. It was like a Jurassic Park thing. Exactly, and it's like a, a it's a ride. it's a metal framework that they have a rubber alligator skin over, okay. and there's like three guys with a bunch of hoses and tubes. So there was never a live alligator used, no. even for establishing shots or any of that. Like an eraser. Like, no. Like, oh, like an eraser. With when the it rips that guy in half, <laughs> holy shit! That was the best part of a racer. <laughs> And the railgun? That was a cool thing. Uh, so, sorry. you show up and, it's, and, it's, and people are operating it. Yeah, operate. And what it is is like, we improvise. Normally with Reno's, you shoot the scene like two or three times uh-huh. and they pick their favorite little bits. And so we, but because there's a stunt, we shoot up to that point and then we cut and reset. And it's that thing where it's like, if this is the alligator's mouth, they basically mm-hmm. put your head right here. It's oh, like, that's fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so basically, and then what they do is they retract <laughs> the alley. It is fun. Yeah. They retract yeah. it and then they go action. And I say my last line. And then it goes, and what they tell you is like, no, it's going to grab onto your head. It's not going to hurt, but you're going to feel it, which means it's going to hurt. (laughs) And so it grabs on, and they say, so the action they give you is grab on like you're trying to get it off. But actually what you're doing is you're holding on, because then it's going to go pull you back under the water. And and like a ride, you're just going to ride. You just got to flow with it, right? Exactly. And so, and then they tell you, okay, so remember when you go underwater, breathe out through your nose, because that'll like unplug your ears Mm -hmm. and prevent you from swallowing water. Well, I didn't do that because it comes up and it grabs me, and it 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 really is like, oh, this is what it would be like to die. die. This is this is what it'd be like. It doesn't hurt, but holy shit! Because I know it's coming, and knowing it's coming, it still goes. Whoom! It clamps. It quick, on, huh? It's really fast, and it grabs it, and I'm like, okay, it's closing on my head, and I don't even have my hands on it, and it's I get already going, and I get pulled off my feet. And it doesn't, again, not... Could have broken your damn neck. No, but it's not that. It's just more of a shock than anything. And you go under the water, and then they set off a blood bomb. That's funny. Which is cool. So you go under the water, and then the blood bomb goes off, and it's just this... And you hear it through the water. Oh, yeah, because I think water is actually a pretty good conductor of sound. Uh And everything goes black because it's this blood thing. And so I'm just going... And swallowing (laughs) everything. And all I can remember is... I'm still in the shot, and they wanted to hang, and I don't come up. So the idea was that once I go underwater, you have to stay there. Well, I swim to the wall. I swim out of the shot, and of course you're blind. You're just like, oh Jesus Christ, oh Jesus Christ, please let this work, please let this work. And I held my my breath in the right direction, even. And and so it worked out, but it's still it's just that moment of like, oh yeah, of course you wouldn't know anything is coming, and you're just dead, just dead. In in one take. Uh, We did that. We did. We did it once without the blood bomb and once with the blood bomb, so twice. But I think that's one, one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Oh, thanks! Yeah. It was fun to do. I mean, they're great guys to work with. They do not like to over rehearse, mm-hmm. which I think, especially for improv, is great. They just kind of like get a, kind of a kernel of the idea. They'd start the scene. They say, "Fine, save it." Yeah, it's then, awesome. Yeah, it's really fun to do. Um, I got so I got more of that coming up. Reno starts April first. Mm-hmm. Is this gonna be on before April first? Yeah. Uh, April first. I'm on an episode of The Mentalist. I get mentalized. Really? Oh, it's just like the like dark psych. What's the what's kind the, of yeah? What's the mentalist? It's basically dark psych. It's the same. Do you ever watch Psych? No. Oh well. Well, you have. Yeah. You just didn't know it. It's right. called The Mentalist. Yeah. Uh, I like The Mentalist. I think it's a good show. What is yeah. it? People like it a lot. Who, who's in The Mentalist? It's doing great. Uh, that fucking Simon. What's his shit? <laughs> That's it. Simon. What's Can his we shit? I have to be that? <laughs> Simon Baker. Simon Baker. Okay. He was just a douche when I was on. Uh, oh, did you work with him? I, I, I was. I was. Uh, I, was I was an extra on his old show, like the, the Protector or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, he got. So, he was like. He was one of those guys that was really. Um, Kind of an asshole about I have extras no idea what being, this guy looks like. Extras being on the uh, he's gorgeous. On, on <laughs> he is. He's uh, he's one of those people you walk into a room and you go, oh fuck, I get it. On, like, the, on the craft he's service super table. Super charismatic. In the craft service table, yeah. could yeah. be there at the same time. Got someone kicked off because they were looking at his eye line. He just did all. Oh these wow! Things. And for an extra, that's kind of a huge deal. That's like getting fired altogether mm-hmm. and then having a bad rep and then losing a lot of work like that's from central casting really you get central, a bad rap yeah totally this if, guy's if a troublemaker get, yeah if you if you show up late as an extra or get off um or, or uh get kicked off of set that's essentially like you're done you're done at central casting you can't and that's like a huge bridge for so many people so that's kind of an asshole move on the actor's part wow. and that's why i didn't enjoy land of the dead that much main dude from he, that he's the la- main dude mm-hmm. in land of he's the, the dead. dude with a little fucking the, the, curly the good, hair the good news is no one really enjoyed Land of the Dead. That's true. You're one of like 
10 people who saw it. Yeah, everyone, It's a shame. On. I mean, it's George Romero. I never everyone saw, saw that, but nobody, oh, nobody saw Diary of the Dead. That's the one I didn't see. Land of the Dead was the one with John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. Got it. That one wasn't so bad. It was weird. I didn't like the guy. Oh. You like Simon Baker? But you're going to be in a mental Because of that. Now I just, every time I see him, he like he looks like an asshole. Because he got you kicked off because you took his cauliflower. Oh, no, that wasn't me. That was someone no. else. He cowered so, in your fear. Friend? He, he saw, was he your saw it happen. It wasn't you? Gilmore <laughs> saw what happened and goes, oh, shit. Puts yeah. down his plate. Oh, no, I was a great extra. I wasn't Oh, here. yeah, man. But my friend, Jerry. <laughs> Gil- Gilmore, Gilmore, what we're going to need to do, we're going to need to find a list of things that you were in. So that the audience can go out and try and find him on Hulu and so that. You can see me on the trailer for Sleepover. Sure, sure, sure. But but I just want to see how Gilmore is as an extra because I imagine it's a lot like the scenes going on and this guy's in the background going. (laughs) 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 He just keeps walking like, who the fuck was that? (laughs) So listen, guys. uh, Chris and I went to go see a movie. We went to see I Love You, Man. This is a brand new film starring uh, Paul Rudd, Jason Segel. Paul Rudd is a uh, guy who's just gotten engaged to his girlfriend, but he's got one problem. He has no male friends. Uh, so he's forced with the quandary of finding his best man. But wow, first, nice. He, first, quandary. he's got to uh, find a, a male friend for the yeah. first time in his life. Yes, essentially, he has to hunt down a, a new best man. For it's like Paris wedding. Hilton. <clears throat> it's like the Paris Hilton reality show. <laughs> Become my best friend. Kind of, yeah. But. Uh, <clears throat> I, this is Paul Rudd's the, the lead in this, and Jason Segel's a really good mm-hmm. uh, double on it. I thought the movie was pretty damn funny. I liked it. I laughed all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, it, it's there. You know, there, I think it's peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. but many more peaks than valleys. And they they have a really good chemistry together. They do. And there's a lot of funny like other characters and stuff. Yeah, to the it. ancillary character, like the supporting characters, like John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Is, is really damn funny in it. Favreau's great. Uh, Jamie Presley is mm-hmm. really funny. Um, uh, who else is in it? Um, Speaking of Rashida Jones. Oh, yeah, Tom Lennon. Tom, Tom Lennon's, Lennon's great in it. Uh-huh. Um, and he had a lot of... I talked to him when he was shooting it, and he really liked it. There's a bunch of really talented people. There's a bunch of people from Upright Citizens Brigade all throughout that film. It's good. The uh, So, I, going into it, I, I didn't know if I was going to really enjoy it to the level like it, Jason Siegel he's kind of making his place in late March you know because last year was, uh, was was that last March? last March was uh, Sarah, Sarah Marshall forgetting Sarah, Sarah, Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall which I liked a lot I, I liked it a lot and, and I was like you know what How, how's this going to work mm-hmm. uh, with Paul Rudd carrying a movie because you've seen some movies with, with Paul Rudd carrying it and you always like him as the best friend. Mm-hmm. As a lead, he was great. He was really good, very funny. And like that scene with uh, there's a scene with him and Rashida Jones where he kind of makes a joke about slapping Play, the bass. Slapping the bass. It's really funny, and it just keeps on going. It, it seems I think he's just improvising, mm-hmm. and it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. It's really good for him. And the the thing about him is uh, he's extremely believable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's not. You know, you see Jim Carrey play like uh, a lead, right? And he's definitely uh, Jim Carrey, and he and he's got his own style of doing things. Yeah. It's... As an everyman, Paul Rudd plays a very believable everyman. That, you, that I mean, you that that slap in the bass joke. Laura turned to me and she goes, "Yeah, that's what you do to me." Mm-hmm. And like her, you have to be like, "Okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Are you done? Stop. Are you done? Around. I uh, love you, but I'm going to choke you to death. Even when he's leaving a message." You mm-hmm. know, for Jason Segel early in the movie, and, he, and he's feeling inadequate leaving this message, and he's fucking up over and over yeah. again. I mean, he does a really good job of doing those uh, situations that you can uh, relate to. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and, I, and going in, I was like, how's this going to work? You know? Well, because I was it's... waiting for that one dude who you know is funny because you've seen him be funny as a lead before. Right. And you kind of go in wondering, is this going to be more of like a chick flick? But uh, the Jim Carrey comparison is good because I think Jim Carrey is like a comedian first, mm-hmm. actor second. I think Paul Rudd is the opposite. I think That's he's an actor is. first and comedian second. And oh. I think it he actually kind of makes you believe there could be this guy because I'm kind of like that right. in some ways. I think that's how I think that's what it is. You 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 are waiting for a joke mm-hmm. with Jim Carrey, which he's amazing at mm-hmm. delivering. Yeah. And and so you go in watching this uh, a realistic scenario with that kind of baggage. Mm-hmm. Which can work for or against, but sure. with Paul Rudd, he does a good job of getting you in the seat, mm-hmm. and, you, and you watch somebody that you know you're going to follow a pretty good narrative mm-hmm. through, story-wise, without just waiting for punchline to pun- for a movie that's going to just take you set piece to set piece. Yeah, and and know. like we said before, like they do a great job of filling out the cast with other funny people, which sometimes like 
you know, bigger name actors, they don't want other funny people in there because they're worried yeah. that's going to take away their... Have you had that happen? So insecure actors? Have you had some insecure It hasn't happened. To me. A really good friend of mine was on a sort of sketch show one time and he was, they were playing like a boy band and he was given this weird, like sort of dreadlock wig. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, oh, everybody was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. And then he came back and it was time to shoot it. And the, the star had, had nixed the, the had, wig. Had taken the dreadlock wig for himself. And everybody, and then when they shot the sketch, it was like, yeah, it just wasn't really as funny. Because the whole gag was my friend is sort of like a bigger guy like mm -hmm. me in a dreadlock. Like, and the, the, the main <laughs> it's like guy. It's really uncool, right? Yeah, yeah. And the main guy just wanted those jokes for himself. He just. Where they wouldn't even work. It did not work. It did not work. I mean, that's what happens. Uh, one of our, our old uh, Geekscape interviews, uh, remember Lou Ferrigno? Interviewist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Remember when we interviewed Lou Ferrigno? He, was, he, he played a huge part in the movie. He's remember good. The second time we saw him when he wanted nothing to do with the you? The second time we saw him, uh, I, did, I wasn't there. It was Super Action Man. Oh, I don't right. know who you're talking about. I right. wasn't there. I get guys confused. But he, he saw Super Action Man. And did he, you just fuck something and up? He was, uh, no, please, please. Super Action Man was there, and uh, <laughs> I saw the video. I edited the video, and Lou Ferrigno looked horrified seeing mm. that guy in his Spider Mantis. But um, Spider Mantis? My, my, buddy, my buddy Sam hammock. wears these banana mm. hammock with Spider Man's hammock. Oh, man. we'll let you borrow. It basically looks Please. like uh, basically Please. looks like Spider Man if he was an elephant. Oh, the the lady will love him. Oh really? A very small elephant. A baby elephant. <laughs> A baby elephant. <laughs> More like an anteater. Um, so guys, like uh, oh I definitely, <laughs> I oh definitely recommend the movie. It uh, yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, an elephant after it's been poached, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> an elephant after the kids' movie goes wrong. <laughs> wow. So uh, I have a seven-month-old daughter. I should throw that out there right now. <laughs> can, we, can we clean it up? Go um, Another thing that my daughter can't watch. Everything so, uh, I'm in, my daughter can't watch. <laughs> Everything. You're gonna see Daddy eaten by an alligator? <laughs> Just gives her nightmares. For us for Hilarious. You wanna go to the zoo? <laughs> no. No. Oh. So Daddy, what do you do? But according to her, she's like, I think my daddy makes porn. <laughs> I, he won't let me. I know he goes away and makes movies, but I can't see any of them. <clears throat> do you? Uh, are you following this Green Lantern? Mm -hmm. you know, they want to shoot with director Martin Campbell. In, yeah, which is pretty good. In September. Yeah, I think that's pretty that's good. A good call. I think so. Um, the casting, though. Oh, I heard... What have you been hearing? Well, the uh, first I had heard they were talking about Chris Pine. Right. Which, James Tiberius Can Kirk. you get behind that? I think... I mean, from what I've seen... I've seen more pictures of him than uh -huh. I've seen. I saw him in... Uh, what's the movie where... Smoking, Smoking Aces. Aces. I saw him in Smoking Aces. And that right there, you can tell he, he's a talented actor. Because that yeah. is a really, really Weird. specific character. Yeah, and he's a strange fellow. He's great in it. Um, and he seems like he goes for it. I, I, you know, from the Star Trek stuff I've seen so far. But it sounds like now that that's not even true. Have you heard that? Yeah, and then um, last night, Jared Gossett, who's one of the Geekscapists who worked on our website, uh, he coded the website. Um, he said... Have you heard about this Casey Affleck rumor? Oh, yeah. And, like, what's that about? I... Can you get behind that? I, I have a... Tr I like Casey. I, I liked him in Gone Baby Gone. I think he's, he's a good actor. That, yeah. I just have a hard time with sort of South Boston, mm -hmm. Hal Jordan. As, like, a Kyle... <laughs> as, maybe as, like, a Kyle Rayner. Sure. You know? I could see that. Yeah, he seems more like a hothead. I feel like Hal Jordan is, like, more... Stoic, all-American. More all-American. Well, just so more. So you just said Paul Walker. What you just said was Paul Walker's. Yeah, Lantern. Paul no, Walker. I don't know, but Paul Walker with joking. personality and skills. I was too, well. What but, about our? What about your good friend uh, Chris uh, Klein? <laughs> <laughs> Chris a, Evans actually wouldn't be. Chris that Evans bad. would be great. Which one's Chris Evans? Uh, He's uh, Johnny, Johnny Storm. Storm. Oh yeah, he'd be great. And that franchise didn't work, so maybe he could be in this one. Well, yeah, and apparently that's all being relaunched, and everybody's. Shit the bucket on that How one. How would so you up. like? Let's say, let's say, let's say, let's <laughs> say, Chris Tomlin. Let's say you run Hollywood. Yes. In the Fantastic Four franchise, lands in your lap. Yes. I would. Uh, I personally, I would like to see a Fantastic Four movie set like late fifties, early sixties. Mm -hmm. I think you get. Um, I think I said this to you uh, before we started shooting. I'm a big fan of genre set in different time periods. Um, I think that a superhero movie in the sixties would be awesome because. In that late time period, you, it's more—it's easier to understand 
the fascination with astronauts. It's like, oh, of course, yeah. they're the astronauts who became superheroes, and of course they'd be celebrities. And you have sort of that stylized look of, like, you know, the thin ties and sort of Mad Men, and you kind of then slide that into superheroes. I think that would be cool. But what <laughs> happens then is you get too tied up in the style, and then you don't well, create too real of a world, and you well, have, like, Sky Captain of Tomorrow or I something. I don't think that's true, because Brad Bird did exactly that with The Incredibles. He told the Fantastic yeah. Four story in that... That's part of the problem, is that yeah. it's kind of already been done. Um, I, I, I mean, you know what? I think... I think the same way that they took Iron Man out of uh, when he was created around the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and they 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 made him contemporized it. Con they they contemporized it with the uh, War on Terror, and gave him that character conflict. With, I thought that was know, great. It's a good beat. I think you can do the same thing, really clearly with the Atomic Family uh, in the United States. Now that we're having like kind of a crisis of conscience as a as a as a divided country, mm -hmm. and you tell a story about the unity of a of a of a family. Mm -hmm. Versus its greatest external threat, which we have. I mean, I mean, Victor Von Doom is is a foreign terrorist who runs his own country, similar to like what the Taliban situation was yeah. in answering to Al Qaeda. That's true. You know what I mean? And you can have this external threat to the to the American family, and the American family stands up and does something about it. Yeah, I, but I think also like, for me, part of me, the difference between like the Iron Man stuff and and Von Doom is like to me the, the thing that's great about Doctor Doom is he's just fucking nuts mm -hmm. but believes he's the hero so I don't think it has to you would to need get... a badass actor for that oh yes I mean it's the greatest Cast part I have my guy who, who would your guy be if you were uh... going to cast Victor Von Doom you still run Hollywood and you have to think of that problem of, of an external diplomat you're doing them properly you're not going to have Victor Von Doom at a diner with the thing like they did oh. and where the thing is smaller than anybody else in the Fantastic Four that's fucking crazy <laughs> so... he's the thing <laughs> you... <laughs> you got your thing uh, so would you CGI the thing <laughs> Um, I would mix. Okay. I would mix. Uh, I still, you would Lord of the Rings it up. I think if it looks, mm -hmm. I, I mean, whatever looks. I don't really care as right. long as it looks good. I think it should be big. Right. I think probably to get that size, you need probably at least some CG. Right. Um, so you've got. Um, so you're Victor Von Doom, knowing that he's like an external, like he's a guy who runs his own country. A fucking and awesome question. You start because it'll help me figure um, it out. Mine has always been Ray Fiennes. He'd be great. He's always my guy. He'd be great. Ray Fiennes, give him the English patient skin, oh. and throw him in the Doom mask. Well, the thing I think most know? creepy about Doctor Doom is that he gets his face messed up and then fixes it. And then, but then when he puts the mask on, yeah. that's really what scars yeah. him horrifically. Is that his face is like an inside imprint, all but no, all. There was up a really good storyline where Doom revealed his face and it had healed except for one little scar, and he was still so vain. That was John Byrne. Reed Richards for it. And yeah. John Byrne did that storyline. I he? thought that was great. Yeah, because like the whole time you think, oh, his face is messed up, fuck. and really it's just like this one little thing. Which nowadays you'd be like, oh, that'd be like a guy who has that one little silver mm -hmm. bit there. You're like, that guy's awesome. One little scar over your eye. You're like, oh, yeah, he's I, the Lion King. I, I, like, I want a Sub Zero scar. We can um, do that. I, I'll keep sending you on these set visits. Your Ray, <laughs> your Ray Fiennes always makes me want to say uh, Chris Eccleston. Mm -hmm. Or Doctor Doom. He's Destro. And he has that, he has that foil Oh yeah, he's, thing to he's him. Destro. He's Destro in the GI Joe, which might be the best thing mm -hmm. about the GI Joe. Then again, I'm the guy who wants John Malkovich to play the Riddler. So what do I oh. how amazing is that? That's the best idea you've ever had. A Riddler that Maybe. would actually scare the living shit out of you. Because he's that. fucking. He he's he's thought out Batman. He's not crazy like the Joker. He's just smart, mm -hmm. and he's outplayed Batman five days ago. That's and what then I would Batman like. knows he's in a riddle. The whole Johnny Depp thing. No, we don't want to do it. I don't want Johnny Depp. Give to us play somebody cerebral, else, ever. you know? Yeah. And not Aragon, John Malkovich. Which one's Aragon? Oh, is that Viggo Mortensen? <laughs> no, remember Aragon? I did not the, watch the, that. The movie with the dragon. That was a children's movie. There was a Fox put out a movie. Oh yeah. And he was like the bad guy, but it looked like an '80s fantasy oh, movie. Oh yeah. And then Robert Carlyle was like his redheaded. So, no, it was Jeremy Blueberry. Irons or something like that. Oh, I think Jeremy Irons was the good guy. Oh yeah. I yeah, it was that. something else. Um. <laughs> Like, yeah, give us a badass... I mean, we need some heroes with weight. Or yeah. Some bad guys with even more weight. I think Ray Fiennes is good, but the only thing you run into them then is that he's supposed to be a contemporary of Reed Richards, so you need age-wise. But I think that's... I think Reed Richards, you need to give... I think you need to play Reed Richards a little bit older, too. I would like... I'd like to see how it works. But, you know, this is... Huh. Let's talk about this for a second. I'm derailing. You guys saw Watchmen? Yeah. Yes. Okay, everybody out there saw Watchmen. <laughs> What did you think? Just in a nutshell, you probably already talked about. Yeah, it. two episodes ago, I said that I really had an unabashed love for the movie. Okay. You know, because uh, I've always suggested the, the book, mm -hmm. and for every person that I suggested to who loved it, there were two or three people who just thought it was inaccessible to them. 
the book. Whether it's the density, whether it's just mm-hmm. everything going on. And I think the movie did a really good job of putting everything together and cutting some of the fat that the majority of people had. I would agree with, with that. I, would say, I think the movie was like the most faithful adaptation mm-hmm. you're ever going to get. But as a movie, I think it was, it was kind of flawed mm-hmm. because it was so faithful. And it, it's kind of made me reevaluate a lot of things, especially with, in regards to all this nerd stuff. Sometimes things can't translate. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I feel like the lesson of Watchmen was like because it was like they kept the squid would shots. not have translated. I didn't mind you, missing the squid, honestly. Yeah, I didn't either. I think that wouldn't have translated. I, I felt like the things, the parts of Watchmen that sung the most were the parts where it was most like a movie, and like for example, like the the Doctor Manhattan, the mm-hmm. sort of that origin sequence. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. But like that was there was a lot of music in that. You just had his voiceover, and it was the most to me like oh. They're going ahead and not worrying about being so right. absolutely pain, painfully faithful to the comic book. And I think with like a lot of this stuff, like sometimes, uh, like that's what I like about the Dark Knight is like it's make, taking bits and pieces, yeah. but it's not like one. Spider-Man story. Two did. You got you get yeah. some pieces of different runs, and mm-hmm. you get your Spider-Man Two. So are you saying that your Fantastic Four would be a musical? Exactly. And is that what you're trying to tell us here? You got you you kind of killed the punchline for me. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Elton John and Tim Rice are going to do the songs. <laughs> um, the thing's going to be uh, it's a rocky road. Boz uh, Lerman directed. Oh, perfect. Boz Lerman or uh, or what's her name from uh, Lion King? We're going to have her do it. Yeah, who did uh, Titus? Hargitay? The director who did Titus. Oh, I know you're talking about oh, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. She's actually doing the Spider-Man musical for Broadway. My that Bono and the Edger scoring. Here's a weird thing. My brother is a uh, graduate student in theater uh, in Dallas mm-hmm. and is apparently working on a musical right now with a woman who is the mu- going to be the musical director for the musical. Mm-hmm. He called me like two weeks ago out of the blue and he said, "Hey, I know you're a big nerd. Um, can you explain Spider-Man to this lady for me? Because she's about to be the musical director." And I was just like. <sighs> Get her on the phone. Yeah. I, Listen, ma'am, you're going to need to do everything in your power to keep this musical from happening. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, it I don't be. know, man. You start seeing, like, the uh, the casting notices for, like, the Spider Queen. They're gonna go, they're gonna, Yeah, they're going to go really existential or weird what? with it. You know like, what I mean? I mean, think about the Lion King and how it's spiritual and all this. And now put Spider-Man in it. going to get all totemistic. It's going to get all But totemistic. I like some of that totem stuff, though. The, the J. Michael, is it Straczynski? I like that. Was great, that was a great I thought that was kind of cool. And did you read this week's Spider-Man? No. I have this okay, Spider-Man. Okay, you, you, cut, you, you stopped doing Brand New Day, right? Oh, please. Dude, i got to tell you. Fuck in the, those in, guys. In this last Spider-Man, he's getting his ass kicked. My menace. I know. Who's but menace? Menace is the, uh, is, is the, the goblin wannabe. Oh, right. So, that really amazing character that everybody's talking you, about? I gotta tell you, uh, as lame as the menace thing is, mm-hmm. as he's getting his ass beat, he mm-hmm. says, I haven't, this is a brand new day, he says, I haven't been getting, he goes, I haven't been in this much pain since Moreland. So, I gotta tell you, in Brand New Day, they're mm-hmm. acknowledging that the Michael Str- some of the okay. Jay Michael Straczynski shit w- happened. I like that. Okay, like Moreland. So, that exists. But didn't we also time travel back 20 years? Don't know. I don't think we could have time traveled back because you're still consistent with the rest of the Marvel universe. But Harry Osborn is back. But Harry Osborn's back, and they explained that he was in <laughs> Europe the entire time. You thought he was dead, which is lame. But um, I like how often I think, we go I over think, this. I think the all they really did was wipe memories, because you know what I mean, and, and take Mary Jane and put her somewhere else. You know what I mean? Which we've had a little bit of Mary Jane in Brand New Day. Oh yeah. But uh, but the Moreland reference got me kind of excited because I was like, okay, they didn't totally negate J. Michael Straczynski's run, awesome. and it gives yeah. me Moreland when I terrible. take over Spider Man, the first thing I'm doing is taking up is bringing back those Norman Osborn, Gwen Stacy kids, and I'm fucking everything up all over again. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, look, these two twins—they're flipping all over the bridge. You, you gotta make, stop them, Spidey. You just make them. I'll his... put that in my movie version. My Spider Man. I'm telling you right now, my Spider Man 15 is gonna have the Norman Osborn, Gwen Stacy kids. You should just have them reappear. Oh, have them just reappear every once in a while, like, hey, remember, your worst enemies are dead. And just like kind of just in and out every like every three or four issues, just as a fucking like remember, hey, never Harry. forget. Nine eleven, hey, never forget. Hey Harry, we're your half brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Nice coffee, thanks. Bye. Yeah, okay, Harry runs a coffee bean. Uh, he does. Yeah, Harry owns a coffee bean. Does he still have a bow tie? Might as well. Uh, he's done some pretty lame stuff. He did take. He did in this last. Wrap up of they wrapped up a bunch of stories from the brand new day that they introduced, mm-hmm. answered some questions, uh, and he actually uh, became the Green Goblin again. Oh, okay. 
I like that. Yeah. I like the Green Goblin. Yeah. In order to save Spidey. What about Norman Osborn, though? Like, are you reading all the Avengers stuff? Yeah, all the Dark oh. Reign stuff where he's running things. Love it. Did you read this Fucking last week's it. Dark Avengers where they finally, uh, it's the continuation of their fight with Morgana Le Fay? Mm-hmm. I just read it, yeah, yeah. I think it was cool. Uh-huh. Doom actually gives up some access to his armor in order, to uh, Norman, yeah. who's down in the Iron Man suit. Iron Patriot. He's in the Iron Patriot and he says, I need to access your armor in order to time travel back in time to stop Morgan Le Fay before she even started this crap. Mm-hmm. And Doom's like dying and he's like, nope, you're not getting access to my armor. No. And he's like, we're getting chased by her on a giant dragon. I kind of need to access. And they use that, 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 sim- that same visual idea of like Norman Osborn sort of standing inside of the arm, you know, like mm-hmm. naked looking at all the screen. Yeah, that Warren Ellis introduced. Yeah, yeah, the extremist. I, yeah. I like the, the extremist extreme. armor. And they use that. Which Tony does not have access to in no, the Iron Man book. Good. On now, right. right? Well, yeah, because he's about to... he's on the run. Oh, uh, you reading that? He even shaved his mustache. Did he? I haven't read that In one. The last yet. issue, he Whoa. has no mustache. Matt Fraction's kicking ass left and right, mm-hmm. man. That guy, talk about a blaze of glory. That guy's doing great. <laughs> yeah, what? I, um, you know what? I liked this new Dark Avengers mm-hmm. episode. I kind of wish that it hadn't it hadn't been like ten pages of dialogue with the Sentry and Norman Osborn to start it off. But the one thing you reveal in that is kind of creepy. Bob. The Sentry's wife has been dead since the end we of thought. Civil War, uh, since the end of the uh, invasion. Right. Secret invasion, and he's still keeping her in the bed. But she's alive, though. Her eyes are open. But was her eyes are open? I don't. I know thought if her she's eyes alive. open. I thought her eyes okay. open. I'll take another look. But if 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 the Sentry is keeping his dead wife's body in the bed. It's kind of fucked up because because Norman says it. He's like, "How's your wife?" And he's like, "He's sick." And he's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, yeah, she's just sick. I'm like, oh, that's creepy. I just figured because there was we no... We know Bob is batshit crazy. Oh, yeah. he's Well, because he's, yeah. And Norman Osborn is now his buddy, which I think is awesome. Because he's been crazy. Mm. And he's like, dude, I've been where you've been. I think he's still there. I think that... Oh, yeah, Norman Osborn is definitely still there. Oh, I think it's just a matter... I, I, I have a feeling that the end of Norman Osborn is going to be the century. I have a feeling Bob's going to be like... Uh, you, you lied you, to tri- me. you tricked me. Yeah, and like, oh... No, Matt Fraction's doing a good job. Uh, is he also taking over the the, the core pu- uh, Marvel Universe Punisher book? Because uh, in he, that, he fires a bullet at Norman Osborn to assassinate him. Rick, that's Rick Remender. Who I think is kicking ass. If you read, like, Fe- you would love Fear Agent. You read Fear Agent? I have the first uh, trade paperback. Okay, yeah, keep reading that. Yeah, I like him a lot. Matt Fraction uh, and Rick Remender, those guys, and like you got Brubaker. Mm-hmm. I like that they're adapting a lot of these books from... Bendis Because as much as I like Some of the stuff Bendis sets up mm-hmm. Some of the two talkie books Start to wear on me A little yeah, much Yeah you know? That's true That's true I, I, I have a lot of friends Who are switching From individual issues To trade paperbacks mm-hmm. And I think about Doing that more and more Just because I think with Especially some of those Bendis ones If you read them all Like as a six issue thing You go That's a fucking awesome story mm-hmm. But it's hard sometimes To go month to month And be like What happened And then yeah. Pete Pace Pot Pete came in and they <laughs> fucking talked for a while. Like, you wanted to move a little bit more. But I, overall, I really like Bendis. I think he's sharp. You read any DC stuff? You know Morrison mm-hmm. and Quietly are taking over Batman. They're doing a Batman book. Yeah. Like, they're All Star Superman. I love All Star Superman. Incredible. Loved All Star Superman. Incredible All Star Superman. And why would you doubt that team? Why, why are you not down with Batman R.I.P.? Not good. <laughs> Was that? Did you, did not, you read it? Yeah, it was. It was. Did you understand it? Can no, you explain it to me again? Nobody understood it. No. You know? And Battle for the Cow. Let's see if they try and clean it up. But to me, that's the same thing as the Spider-Man debacle. Uh, I love All Star. It, it, believe me, if if it's the same quality uh, as All Star Superman for Batman and Robin, fucking. So I'll buy it. Believe yeah. me, I'm gonna buy it. Because Jim Lee and our buddy Frank Miller didn't bring you that kind of quality. Is that what you're saying? Fuck no. Remember the Scream Awards when they when they brought Frank Miller down the line? Uh-huh. It was you guys remember Stanley and the different people we interviewed at the Scream Awards, Red Carpet. Like they literally brought Frank Miller down the line, and I and they were like, "Would you like to interview Frank Miller, director of the upcoming Spirit?" And I was like, "That's not what I'm remembering him for." <laughs> and I don't have enough iterations of the question, "Why didn't you retire ten years ago?" in order to make an interview. Out oh of it. So, snap! Oh no, you didn't. I don't know yeah. if I. I just had. Yeah, we told we no, told thanks. Frank Miller to talk to the hand. I, I just don't. Like I saw him at Comic Con, like the Daredevil like, hand, the elite group of super ninjas. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I, agree I think with we're you. more Foot Clan than the hand. 
Uh, I but agree with you. I don't. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. The hand would kill We're the parrot. I know. Uh, I the like parody. 300. Uh, did you see the spirit? The 300 I thought was like his last great but it wasn't book. It was him and Lynn Varney. Oh, right? his book. His yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, no, no, I, I did see the spirit and I explained it here on the show as an experimental film. <laughs> it is. Dude, did you see that? No. It fucks your head, man. Really? Hard. In a good way? No, in a horrible way. <laughs> in a good way. Dude, it, I didn't know what I was watching. Have you read this? I've box heard of it. Poison. I've heard about it. I Would you like it. to borrow my box office poison? Yes. I read through this box office poison. You guys remember the episode during Christmas when our good friend Brian Gilmore gave this to me as either my birthday present, Christmas present, or both, which... I gave I, you both. I gave you a birthday present a, and a Christmas present. That's right. You get me Left for Dead with uh, Zach Haddad. Yep. I didn't get a birthday present. Though. I, I'll get you something. Quads Dude, a present? I'll get you something. Respect. Um, <laughs> uh, guys, this is Top Shelf uh, Publishing. They're putting out this uh, box office poison. Was this? A, this is a collection of earlier stuff, or it just comes out like this. Guys, it's thirty bucks, well spent, as far as uh, I'm concerned. Uh, the reason I really enjoy it is it's a look at uh, a bunch of characters living in Brooklyn in the mid twenties and late twenties, and. Uh, they're all kind of uh, writers or comic book artists. And when Gilmore gave it to me, he described it as a story of a guy who wanted to be a comic book artist. And kind of like his his life and how it bounces back and forth with his friends and their whole existence here in such a weird part of their life between you know success in school and becoming successful in your life. You, you're kind of in this weird limbo state. Is it autobiographical? And I think a lot of it is autobiographical, but it's told through different characters' perspectives. Oh, that's cool. As Gilmore explained it as being this one character story, as that's what I thought when I started picking it up because mm. that's the way, way Brian explained it. I started seeing more of myself in a different character, like this oh, aspiring cool. writer. Mm-hmm. And the more I read it, you start seeing that the four or five main characters start getting handled pretty evenly okay and it's a pretty expressive piece of work if you enjoyed like blankets which uh, was, was something good. that we've it talked sounds about like, it sounds like blankets um, <clears throat> this is a really good blankets with a lot more comedy in it and uh, I can't recommend it enough I mean oh great the, the, the black and white artwork is uh, pretty expressive and yes it's about a, a comic book uh, aspiring comic book artist and uh, his best friend who's an aspiring writer but it's a lot more than that because mm-hmm. Uh, well, like blankets. The like, stories take them in different places. Yeah. And, although blankets was that one guy's uh, coming of age kind of deal. Right. But I mean, this it, is a pretty good ensemble. It gets into a lot of sort of different stuff, and really, it's it's sort of like a great novel or a mm-hmm. great movie. You kind of read and go, oh, yeah, it's this one story, but it really kind of affects you in a much bigger emotional way. So it's the, great. This sounds like more of like a a comedy version of yeah, that. And it's told episodically, so you can pick it up and read through a wow, comic. Wow, and there's yeah, a penis in the vagina. There's some, there's some nudity and some sex in it. So, but but there's some episodes in it. Like sometimes, like you'll see like two pages dealing with the landlady, and then sometimes you'll see like a couple pages dealing with going home for Christmas, or you know, dealing with your dad, or you know, just mm-hmm. dating a new girl. So there's Looks a couple great. stories that last two two pages. There's a couple stories that. T- Last ten pages, and then there's the overarching story that takes place in the entire thing. Why is it and called Box Office Poison? No idea. I think I, I actually think that these were episodic little releases that are all compiled here, and I think there's another Box Office Poison as well. I think there's more of this. There's stuff a out little there. more, yeah. A little more, yeah, like maybe one fourth of that. More. Gilmore, I loved this. I gotta tell you, You're um, for all the pitfalls you've given me in our relationship, <laughs> wow, this, this really was. Would one, you say I love you, man? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He says it on the show every now and then. I do love Gilmore. It's kind of a character that we play. I'll I'll kayfabe this shit for you, but the character, our little antagonistic relationship, it's much worse when the cameras are off. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys came into my apartment, you guys were like fucking brass knuckles and a blackjack just wailing at each other. Stand over there and turn the shit on, Gilmore. I'm going to go look at the the geek cave, and if there's cool shit in there, I ain't telling you nothing. Wow. (laughs) I I, I get a little street. I get a little street. Is that that Austin coming out of you? Yeah, is that the, what that is? The hard streets, the hard streets Austin. there. The hard streets of Austin. Walking around. All your alt rock coming out of you. I'm so jaded. Oh man, I saw that movie before anybody else did in Austin. <laughs> Swingers is kind of like my life. 
Or not swingers, uh, singles. Entourage. No. <laughs> or uh, no, there's the, the most. The most awesome movie is like Slacker. Yeah. Or uh, one of those. One of those. Uh, those movies that uh, Richard Linklater Richard did. Richard Linklater. Yeah. Um, very awesome. You, you. So we talked movies. We talked comic books. We talked mm-hmm. about your stuff. Do you play video games? At all? I do play video what games. Play? Uh, I do not own uh, the, the most recent system I own is 360. Mm-hmm. Or no, actually, I'm, I'm lying. It's that the Xbox. It's not oh, the 360. It's the original Xbox. Yeah. Old school. Uh-huh. What's that? Um, so recently I've been playing Half-Life 2 uh, You are a man who we all love Because Half-Life 2 is fucking amazing I love that game And I'm the kind of person like in horror movies like I fucking get scared and scream mm-hmm. and shit Oh it's so great So when that you're playing that game And those fucking chicken Chase spiders Andrews? come at you <laughs> I Our friend Scott Kloppenstein Calls them evil turkeys Oh yeah they look, like, they look like turkeys that have been cooked They're horrible Because they're comical And yet they will fuck you up uh, Those those things are uh, good. Yeah Valve does some great work With mood and, and, and just getting the entire Immerser, immersion uh, into, into the game. world I get freaked out and like when I'm playing like because I'm jumping like this I squeeze all the controls so inevitably <laughs> what I do is I duck and like fire the grenade Gordon Freeman's all crazy <laughs> oh yeah I, if you were one of those monsters like I think that guy's having an epileptic fit have you seen this uh, series that they've got on machinima.com Freeman's Mind or Mind no, of Freeman no. it's somebody going through Half-Life 1 uh-huh. and just dubbing everything he's saying oh, he's funny. thinking he's walking through so he's going to work he's mm-hmm. bored he's riding the train he's like what the fuck is the deal with that and then his things start going to shit with the Black Mesa project yeah he starts commenting like, you know, it's really fun when you oh. hear him just like yelling as he's running for his life. I like and some of the learning to use stuff. a gun for the first time. It's, it's really, really damn. I funny. love that. What game? What games now? You guys being? I experts. just, I just picked up. Uh, I haven't played my DS in a while. Uh, I just picked up this game, Chinatown Wars, the Grand Theft Auto okay. iteration on China. DS. I'm about halfway through the game right now, and I got to tell you. It takes place in the same Liberty City as Grand Theft Auto 4, mm-hmm. uh, except there's no uh, broker or Alderney. It's the leftmost city if you're looking at your map. It's okay. The, it's, the map. Yeah. it's the it's the little island it. over here. They don't have that, but they do have, as much as they're missing because it goes to the DS, so you only have two of the big islands in Bohan, in, uh, Bohan uh, as much as it's missing... You make up for it because there's a lot more type of jobs. Oh, that's Because there's cool. a whole drug dealing mini game system that you use I like for your that finances. Stuff. Uh, the games I hate are the ones like, you know, with the part where you have to learn how to drive and you have to do that police, you have to execute mm-hmm. that police move. I fucking, for the life of me, could not do that. <laughs> and then and it won't let you continue in the game until you <sighs> master it. Are you well, no, no, like you can do other stuff, but you can't fall. You can't get past that. Oh, jeez. And or like uh, sometimes those racing ones. What were, mean game is this? It's one of the Grand Theft Auto ones. This one, um, this one th- does a really good job of letting you do whatever you want. Like if you if you just want to concentrate on buying a bunch of safe houses all over the city, mm-hmm. you can just drug deal till your fucking eyes pop off, and it's really fun. But uh, the one thing that helps is uh, there's a ton of detail in the game. Like awesome. when you're playing this game and you're running around the street and you and you see an overhead train pass for the first time. And shake the screen a little you're, It's going to freak you out Just the oh. level of 3D, 3D detail coming at you At the same time It makes part of the city unrecognizable Because even though things like The Liberty uh, Island is there And even though you know some of the toll bridges Some of the, some of the parks Some of the statues are there mm-hmm. From the Xbox 360 right. version right. The, uh, Not having the three dimensionality of it Like yeah. the hills and, the, well, and some of that be, Makes it a little hard to recognize where you're going So you are using your GPS quite a bit And I gotta tell you uh, There's a shitload of cops in this version Oh, okay. You can't bump into anything Without having a cop chase you And it's not just a matter of losing the cops Like you do in the, in right. the games Where you lose the cops And you hide out a bit And everything cools down right. In this one In order to keep the, car, the cops off you uh, As you're being chased You actually have to take their vehicles Out of commission you oh play. really? Like explode? Like, like murder? You, like like you like if they're chasing you and they're bumping you, right. you you have to skim the side of a building so for them to run into it. Ooh, <laughs> uh, and it, and it's fun the first couple of times, but not being able to bump a car without an alarm going off and yeah. having the cops chase you gets a little old when you actually are trying to achieve certain points in your mission. Is I the, have died a lot more in this iteration of Grand Theft Auto than I ever had in the older ones. Is the point to try and make you a better driver? Like, they're trying to make, no, man, in this one, if you bump oh, into there's cops somebody, everywhere in this one. Yeah, you have to, like, so you have to be, like, that good of a driver that you actually kind of, like, obey the rules of the road a little bit? 
Um, or is that that they just want to? F- you- I think it's making me a better evader because I, what I do is I head towards anything near the water, mm-hmm. and I watch those pigs drown. <laughs> I pretty much uh, I know how to pull the brakes and go, you know, send the cop racing off the side of of, of the dock wow, into that's the your water. Austin coming out again. I was gonna yeah. say. I just, really I just, I, I, I'm like, I watch those fucking pigs. Drown. I watch those pigs drown. If you end up, in, your if you're in a knife. car and you end up in the soup. Because you're a DS player and it's got all the stylus and the touchscreen stuff, you, you use it to break the glass and swim out. And whenever you hotwire a car, there's different ways to hotwire a car depending on the car you hotwire. Like cool. you can use a little mini computer, or you unscrew the panel and you put the wires together. A mini computer? Or, or you jam you jam it with a, with a wrench. Because you're using a, uh, the touch stylus, uh, earlier you thought that um, Grand Theft Auto was teaching you how to do illegal activities. Now it literally is teaching you how to do illegal activities because in drug dealing, you literally are grabbing the drugs and giving to the drug dealer and you are literally doing things like cutting open wow. the side of a, of, of, a, of, a, of a van in mm-hmm. order to see if there are any um, drugs hidden or, or money hidden contraband. behind the, the console. Do you feel morally like is your soul dying a little bit? Like, Do you feel like any repercussion from this at all? I can tell you this much. Uh, running around the city, there are... Uh, there are random. There's dumpsters everywhere, and when you in sometimes there's stuff stashed in the dumpsters. Okay. You have to open the dumpsters, and you can find weapons. Bodies. You can find uh, hamburgers for health. Toot. And uh, is there yeah, a toot like, in there ever? But every now and then, there's like a used condom. Uh, no. <laughs> there's like a used condom oh. in the trash. Some of that. But Gilmore and I were driving over to Chris's house that we find ourselves in now, and I swear to you, we were passing a 7-Eleven or something over on uh, on, uh, on Laurel Canyon. On Laurel Canyon, and I saw one of those blue dump, two, you know, yeah. folded up dumpsters, yeah. and I was like, I bet you there may be something hidden in there, and I'm thinking, this is reality, London. <laughs> You have to stop thinking this way. That was a video game on your computer, uh, on your DS, that doesn't even look realistic. The uh, realism in, of the 360 versions and the PS3 versions have been cha- changed out for a bit of like cell shaded, more car- comic book style cutscenes. You see, know, that's why you know you've been playing the video game just long enough. Oh, I was about to, I was about to be like Gilmore. I was about to pull off, keep my car in traffic, like you do in the game. I was gonna run over, open the dumpster, and start throwing out the five trash bags that are in there, like in the game, with my stylus. Uh, You're just pulling them off the screen, and then I was gonna be like, "Oh, a moldy hamburger. I'll eat it. It'll make me healthier." Make me <laughs> you know? the fir- the you don't pick up whores in the game, though. But there is a mission. Those little side people that you find in Grand Theft yeah. Auto, the little blue guys, and they give yeah. you side missions. There's one where um, you find a hooker, and she's like. The game is really self-referential, okay. and it's like, oh, you used to. I know how you treat women. You you use us, and then ever we've got you, we've given you what you want. You shoot us to get your money back, which is what people do in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. So it's like, ladies, get them, and you find yourself in this side mission where you have to shoot like all these hookers started. No, <laughs> it's Sin City. So oh, this movie gets really awesome. uh, self. You know. It's a self-reflective experience. Interesting. The it's game insane. Uh, is the game keeping track of other stuff you do, and it changes the game, like that kind of thing. Um, what you can do is destroy security cameras around the city right. or to decrease police presence uh, and uh, up the price and uh, the trade of some of the drugs. Sounds good. So you would recommend this game? Then? Oh, I love it. I love the hell out of it. All right. But I'm a big fan of that of, the, of that uh, series. Of know? murder mm-hmm. and drugs. <laughs> I'm li- I'd like to think I'm living vicariously uh, through my video games until I. But I think all, everybody who went crazy playing video games mm-hmm. said the same thing until they hit that critical mass, and mm-hmm. then they go, "Oh yeah, my parents are goblins in D and D, and they are holding hordes of gold under mm-hmm. their bed. I'll kill them." Well, you <laughs> just described to us in detail that you actually wanted to stop the car in traffic and go search for a moldy hamburger in a dumpster, well, or maybe a newsie. There could be a newsie in there. And you just yeah. poop yourself again. Yeah, or I just shit myself. What? You shit yourself in the game? I will tell you a story next week <laughs> about... I, I was 10 minutes out of a meeting, and I was feeling sick to my stomach. Yeah. And I let out a fart and was like, Oh! I gotta change my pants before this meeting. Oh. And I was not anywhere near my house. That, my friends, is what we call a cliffhanger. Don't you think, Gilmore? Wow. It's like so. There was a little bit of squeeze... Like hit, and I was like, okay, at least the boxers are gonna have to go. Or a prairie dogger, I guess, at that point. What do you call it a prairie dogger? A prairie dogger is at the end have of the Have you ever been in one of those situations where it was like a, a big meeting or something like that, and you do something irreparably embarrassing that you can't I know. I, I, I pissed myself during a magic show once. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
What was the trick? He's like, he's like, what but was I was six. Wait, what was the trick? I was holding a rope or something. Oh, you I were was, doing it. I was, I was yeah, the assistant. I was an audience member. I thought called you were so wowed <laughs> by, <laughs> by like a magic but show. You were like, were you no, 12? That's not yeah, real. I was like, no, I was like seven or so. I was like, oh, I literally was seven, seven dude. I'm I imagine, 30 years old. I imagined a grown man watching no. a magic show and being so surprised by yeah. it that he's just like, no. It was last week. I had like a fever and I was like, I had like a fever and I was like, I got to use the bathroom. I was just let a little bit out and I was like, Oh, this is right before our meeting. No. I gotta use your bathroom. And the fucking the, the boxers went two out there. Luckily, the Who pants were just good. let a little bit out, though? What kind of a logic Gilmore, is you Gilmore, in a car? Gilmore, I was completely sick. I just got off the... Oh, I was I was sick to my stomach. Boy, I can't wait to see next week's episode. Next week's episode is going to have all that. We're Let's, also going to talk about the ending of Battlestar Galactica next Oh, week. okay. Our good friend Ian Kerner. So. All right, that'll be as, fun. As, as amazing as you've been on Geekscape. Oh, thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Geekscape. We can check you out on Reno 911 coming up, The Mentalist. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to tell people about? Um, uh, you can check me out on channel101.com. Okay. I'm in a bunch of shows on channel101. Time Belt is my sci-fi action comedy. Time Belts, my friend. I think you guys will like that, you, you sci-fi fans. Uh, guys, that's been Geekscape, episode 113. Check us out at geekscape.net where you can talk to the rest of us and uh, Gilmore. And, uh, Are you adjusting yourself? You can buy like Show's merchandise, all that sorts of stuff. Does. Please don't do that. Please. Not near us. Gilmore's sitting there going, Where? The show is still going. The guy's adjusting his wang. Um, so yeah, that, that is, uh, that's our episode. Mm. You can look us up on Facebook and become our friends. <laughs> and uh, just search for Geekscape. All that. I would throw out MySpace, but nobody's all in there anymore. Yeah. What about Twitter? Nah. That, fuck that. Twitter to me just seems like a self-important look at me. What should Twitter be renamed? Yeah. Do you think? Twitter? Yeah. Look at me. Look at me.com. Hey guys, look at me! I just had the cable guy come over. It's like who gives a shit? That's a little wordy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta tighten that up a little On bit. On Twitter, you see those people who are like, hey. I'm listening to a record. It's like shut up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really care. Like I if, don't like, care. What like you're imagine doing. you could communicate with. I all care your what Shaquille O'Neal is doing. Would you Would you send out like written letters, put a stamp on it, put that in the mailbox, and go? Guess what? I'm making eggs. You know, like. Yeah. But you'd think that the internet's for people who want to be famous fast. Really. And that's what Twitter is. Geekscape. I'm like, we're gonna be here forever. Fame has nothing to do You're with it. You're in for the long haul. We're yeah. in for the long this haul. This isn't some We're chicken like shit. I don't think sitting on a couch talking about movies and video games is going to make me famous. At least well, it didn't in high school. Well, until the, the episode <laughs> where you suddenly murder somebody. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure they've got $50 in their pocket. <laughs> after, after playing GTA for so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode 167. Look for it. <laughs>